iron rusts from disuse. Water loses its purity from stagnation. Even so does inaction sap the mind of its vigor. Leonardo da Vinci. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Commoners Honing All Disciplines podcast. Uh, we're excited to be back this week. We're going to talk about ruts, um, mm. specifically stagnation. Anytime you may feel yourself stuck in a particular habit or routine, um, how do you get out of that? How do you realize, first of all, you're in it? How do you take advantage of it? Um, why does it happen? We're going to talk about all these things. Something. So, to begin, we should answer, what is a rut? What do we mean by yeah. stuck in a rut? And it's so true. And ruts, honestly, when you're in them, they do kind of suck. So that's how you know you're in one. Because life just feels like it sucks. And you're like, well, what the hell's going on? Everything's going I pretty well. That. Everything's going pretty well, usually. Nothing's like, it's not super great. It's not super shitty because when something's super shitty, but like life so other than that good, like you can kind of get out of that, you know, pretty fast, but ruts are weird. People stay in ruts for it's a very long like time. It's elusive. Yeah. It like can be elusive. Some, like it's, you're fighting a phantom. Like you don't know what's wrong for a minute because you, you're just stuck in something normal. Yeah, and it, it feels like it's so easy to get comfortable with it. Uh, that's the worst part, I think, about ruts is the idea that, like, um, you know, where where am I sitting with this? Why did it just come almost out of nowhere, it feels like? And it's usually not out of nowhere. Usually it's at a point where, you're like, you started getting comfortable with something in your life, and then you just realize that it wasn't enough for you or maybe something needed to change or, you know, it just wasn't going the way that you'd potentially hoped. And, you know, that's part of it. That's all part of ruts. It's like, what's going on? It's kind of like something just feels off usually. And it can come from a lot of things. It can come from like stagnation in your work. It can come from stagnation in your relationship. It can come from, you know, the repetition of the same behaviors from friends and stuff. Like it's, it's, it can be from a lot of things. It can come from, you know, repeating old habits, like a lot, a lot of things, but chances are it's something It's usually a specific area of life that is affected. And then it kind of trickles into other, other areas of your life. Yeah, I think it's important to mention it's not necessarily like something immediately wrong. It's just kind of like slowly it's something that slips into a routine of normalcy. And it's not, it's just kind of like the excitement saps its way out of life. And then you're in a rut. So you feel bad, but you can't specifically point to one single thing that's like, that's really bad. I should fix that. It's just kind of like. Mm -hmm. Everything is kind of brought down a level. And yeah. Boring. And then, like, it's funny, kind of when you're out of it, you can almost like specify, oh, it was this thing. 
because usually you don't want to make major life changes. You kind of just want to assess things as they are slowly. And uh, I think one of the worst ruts you can be in is in like relationship, obviously, or like your job, because like obviously you're not just going to quit a job impulsively. And if you've been in a relationship for a long time, you're probably not going to end your relationship very impulsively, right? You want to make these decisions uh, with a calm mind, with a sound mind. It's something you sleep on, right? Like you can't just get out of a rut. You kind of have to reassess while you're in it and say, why am I here? What's going on? You know, why is this happening? Uh, Is this Mm -hmm. even a rut or am I just like down because of the weather or... Am I just something happened at work where it puts me in this worse, slightly worsened mood? Or if you had a change in one of your relationships, you'd be like, well, I'm not used to this. How do I get used to this? And then not let it affect the rest of my life. Like it's really weird, but you kind of know when it happens. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like, it is a feeling like nothing may have changed. Nothing may have changed yeah. except yourself. And then you're like, oh, Oh, it was me. Like I, I changed something in me changed and that's why other things don't feel the same now. So it's definitely this internal thing. Um, and it's good not to lie to other people about it. It's actually kind of important to be like, Hey, I think something happened inside myself. That's making me look at something differently or making me like, or dislike a thing differently. And it kind of helps you to like ground yourself and reprioritize and realize like, it can be a good thing because you realize like my growth doesn't end. It'll automatically happen even if I'm not specifically pursuing it, which is kind of really refreshing. It's like good to be able to get that. Like, cause some people will just be like, Oh, I'm growing so well and I'm kind of just at a good pace and that's fine. That's good. And I don't know now what else to do. And then a rut will be like, Oh, okay. Now you're kind of forced to reassess things. It's kind of like you're, you grow all the time, but you don't always realize which way you're going to grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess. Say. Yeah, very true. So I think, uh, you know, as we get into, we got into like what a rut is, you know, obviously how to realize you're in a rut. It's kind of like a feeling. It's a feeling of just gen- like kind of unsatisfactory, something unsatisfactory is occurring mm-hmm. in one or more aspects of your life. Um, the way you're going about your life may change or you're on a different path. You might be put on a different path than the, what you originally thought or something might yeah. need to change that's outside of you that you can choose to change. So like, like I said, a job relationship, uh, you know, you might feel like you're in a rut if you're like 23 or 24 and you've been working for a while and you still live with your family and you go, well, I can afford my own place. Now I have a good amount of savings. Even if I rent for like a year or so, um, a few years I can live alone and like have an independent life. Maybe that's like the next step for you. Right. It's like based Mm -hmm. on stages in life. Obviously if you're in your marriage and like you don't have kids and it's been like a few years and go, okay, maybe that's, you know, kind of the next step in our marriage is to like start to have kids together. Right. Um, Same with obviously high school. It's like changes every year. Chances are you won't get into a rut in high school. And if you do, you might want to change your, the course or your career trajectory and that's fine. I feel like ruts start to happen around college or just after college and university. And then from there, you can kind of be like, oh, okay, this is what's happening. Um, you know, and it's good to be able to make a decision with a clear head, especially in college and university. If you're, this is usually my 
take on that. It's like if you're in third year and you want to drop out, maybe just suck it up for like the next year or, or so because like you're already in two years. You're already more than halfway done. If you're able to tolerate it before, tolerate it till the end, right? And hopefully something mm-hmm. good will come out of it. Unless you're like vehemently like, oh, no, no, no. I have this idea. I have this dream I want to pursue with every inch of my being. I have to do that. Then do that. Unless it's literally like this extreme feeling inside of you to go pursue something that seems like a very out of the ordinary, then don't. Then just, you know, kind of take it for a year or so and don't let the money go to waste. Don't let your time go to waste. Get what you needed. Uh, it will probably prove useful in the future. Like, um, especially if you're doing STEM, right? If you're doing some sort of engineering thing, whatever. Yeah. Like, if you're like, oh, I'm starting to like it as much. I don't think education's bad. Like, no, it's it's good. It's Overall, it's good, I would say. So if you're in, like, engineering or something and you're like, well, I don't think I want to become an engineer, but I think it's still useful to know and it's good to have on my resume and I'm, I'm already spent time and money on it, so I might as well keep going. Just make it easier for yourself and, like, don't burden yourself with, like, getting crazy good grades. Don't burden yourself with, um, you know, not being able to work because you study so much. Don't burden yourself with, like, oh, I'm still going to do the hardest path of engineering. Like, go into go on a slightly easier path and kind of ride it out as you've been doing before. Maybe get a job so you can save money as well. You know, spend more time with family and friends rather than studying so much or uh, chasing the grades so much because, like, at the end of the day, like, I know for most jobs, honestly, it's important to know and understand theory. But at the end of the day, like, you will learn more on the job than you probably did in your university class. And that goes for a lot Definitely. of fields, um, except medical school, because then, like, uh, you should probably know what you're doing before you go into a hospital. But, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate the way the university system set up yeah, it is. I, I really don't like it. I I, it's, um, I think the college system is better. I think specialized college degrees are like the way to go right now. You'll make money right away. You'll, you'll get a job right out of college. Uh, for any young men who are deciding, look to, towards college to get uh, diplomas, certificates, and even degrees potentially to do things that pay like university education but are trades-oriented. So like electrical engineering. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can do that in a lot of colleges. Um, yeah, you know, becoming like a foreman, you know, you start as an apprentice, but you can easily move up in the field if you're a relatively smart guy. It's like people think you go into the trades, you're working trades your whole life. It's like, no, no, no. A lot of the guys who are very smart, they work the trades, they know exactly what they're doing to get as much experience as possible, and then they run sites. And that's where the real money yeah. comes in, or you run your own business, right? You can do like commercial uh, electricity or lighting. You can do low voltage wiring. You can do plumbing, like There's brand new. There's definitely plumbing. something to be said for being well rounded, because in the mm-hmm. if you're like, there's a lot of university degrees that only allow you to work in one specific niche that requires like some major corporation to employ you, and you can't go work for yourself because it just doesn't make sense. So. You're basically yeah. stuck as, I don't want to say slave, but anyone who's paying you, you're basically their slave, is, you know, you're stuck to whatever major corporation, you're stuck living in a big city, like, depending on what you choose. So you should consider that as well. Um, and I think in the future, 
the way um, jobs are going to work and things like that. Um, those jobs that are really niche and specialized aren't going to be as valuable and they aren't going to be as secure. And, you know, I don't think those corporations give a shit about you and, you know, you shouldn't give a shit about them either because it should be equal. And, um, yeah, I think you're better off with more skills being like a broader skill set that can, that can, that is able to like run your own business and kind of thing, bring people together, um, focus on like having a, a good work ethic, a good discipline. Yeah. This is kind of off topic to being in a rut, but mm. um, yeah, actually it's not really because if you're in a rut, that is kind of like you're specializing really hard in one thing. And, you know, broader, a broader uh, view would be less likely to get stuck in a rut because you're focusing on more different things at the same time. Yeah, that's true. Like there's a, I guess we'll obviously get into later, like how to get out of a rut. Um, but I think going into like, you know, where, where, um, where does a rut start and end kind of thing? And what does it feel like getting being like staying in it for a while? So obviously with a job or something, you know, if you've been specializing for a while, it can get quite boring maybe. So, you know, getting a new hobby can pull people out of ruts or restarting an old hobby. Um, personally, I felt like life's been going pretty good. And then I kind of got into a rut and I'm like, you know what? I need to go back to doing hobbies that I really enjoyed. And I kind of stopped doing them. And why did I stop doing them while well, I was prioritizing different things? But then you kind of shift back and forth between prioritizing things that are important and then, you know, changing what that means to you. And then, you know, going back into old hobbies that you may have quit for one reason or another. I know there's a lot of hobby, hobbies I quit before gym shut down that I would definitely go back into. And I probably have mm -hmm. the time for it, but I don't have the money. So I'm going to, so my goal is to get back into my hobbies save money, build it up, and then get back into them once I have the money for it, right? It was definitely yeah, worth it at the time. I relate to that. It was definitely worth it at the time to be into those hobbies. They kept me, they prevented me from getting into ruts because I could focus my energy of growth, like my energy, mm -hmm. my potential energy, I could focus it into growing, you know, in hobbies that weren't related to relationships or weren't related to work. I think the worst thing... The worst thing men can ha do is not have like a job or hobby where they dedicate like a large portion of their life to. I, I think it's like, again, a large portion, not the whole thing. Uh, for me, it's mm -hmm. like, it's like a third, a third, a third. So one third is like family, friends, and enjoyment. One third is like career and hobbies, and one third is sleep. So, um, sleep, rest, and relaxation essentially. So if you're splitting your life yeah. up like that, you can kind of unfortunately the least amount of time you have is with like family friends and enjoyment but a large portion of your time will be specifically focused on hobbies and or your job or your career um mm -hmm. you could also fit hobbies in with your friends and family too yeah i know but i i mean i wouldn't want to make it such so rigid right that it's like no, but yeah, yeah. A career is so large a portion of your life that it's like a whole third of your life, which it probably won't be, right? Because the reality is like, we think of that in today's standards. Like, 
like me as a young guy, I'm going to be working for, for a, a third of my day minimum. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But not when you're retired. And not when you were a teenager, were you working that long? No. So that's why I say like, you were talking about a total lifespan. Yes, it's going to look less like a, like a career was a third of your life unless you want that. And there'll be more yeah. chances are if you're very career driven and ambitious, chances are more than a third of your life will be career. Um, but how many people are truly like that? It's very far and few between. Most people are just, you know, doing jobs so they can make money to support their family. It's secure. It's something that's decent. They're, they're kind of good at. They somewhat enjoy, you know, that's the average person, right? They're not going to, they don't love their job, but they, they're just tolerated enough so they can make money and they have things to look forward to like outside of their career. And that's pretty important. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm, I'm actually curious because uh, I feel like I actually have a lot of experience being in ruts and then getting out of ruts and then getting back in ruts. But I'm just um, wondering if you had like a, a story or something, if you feel like it specific example that made you think of uh being in a rut well i'm in a rut right now (laughs) (laughs) i'm in a rut right now and it's kind of like well this is relevant let's talk about this why the hell Mm -hmm. am i in a rut obviously i can't be very specific because then it's just like what's the point but let's just say uh career change relationship change um Mm -hmm. you know self change which again is usually the biggest thing and it's kind of weird. It's, it's funny. It's like you have everything you need right now. What else? And then you're kind of like, yeah. mm, something like is something I, else. I feel like there is something missing. I feel like there is something missing. And in a rut, honestly, I know it sounds bad because it's like, oh, you're just going giving into your emotions. It's like, well, yes, that's you are in a rut for a reason. Look inward. Mm-hmm meditate more, pray more, um, you know, focus on yourself more, write it all down, change your habits. I think the number one thing for getting out of a rut when you're in a rut is changing your habits to, to find something that's healthier, um, that makes your life better, improves your life. Like I think I'm going to start doing morning journaling and nighttime journaling for five minutes, nothing crazy, just five minutes. Because chances are, I'm the type of person where if I sit down to do something and I'm enjoying it, I will do it for longer than five minutes. So I'm going to set out like 20 minutes extra in the morning before I go to work to like journal, pray, meditate, whatever, stretch, workout, whatever it is. Um, And then at night, I'll set out the same thing about about an hour before I go to bed. I want to... I want to put my phone away outside my room. I'm probably going to journal for 10 minutes, 10 to 20 minutes, maybe do some stretches for 10 minutes. And then I want to read for about half an hour, 20 minutes to half an hour, and then pray for X amount of time before I go to bed. And that's it. And, mm-hmm. you know, so, make so the writing for, thing is, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say for daily uh, prayer and meditation as well. Little, little, even if it's increments, five minutes, you know, you take a break at work, 15 minute break. Okay. Spend five of those minutes just sitting alone, praying or meditating, then go talk with your buddies or whatever your, your, uh, coworkers, you know, mm-hmm. or as they're talking, just kind of sit in silence and listen. That can be meditative in itself to be like, you know, let me get out of myself for a second. It's good. It's good to have that variety. Um, but sorry, go ahead. You asked a question about, um, writing. No, I was just going to talk about writing for a second, just um, that it's, 
I think in this specific situation, being in the rut and being um, like feeling stuck, just being able to understand what you actually want. And um, I think that comes from writing because like I'll say recently, like the past half of the month, maybe, um, I've also felt like kind of like a rut type kind of stuck, um, not sure what I actually want to do. And like I've written maybe like 20 pages in a journal in just like mm -hmm. a couple of days. Wow. And it's just like, like just put all my thoughts in the paper and do a 10 minute meditation then reflect on it again. And it's like, just repeat that over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I, since I've done that, I know myself much better and i feel like i'm actually on track to get out of that rut now which is um helpful but like i said i feel like i have tons of experience yeah it's like yeah. it just happens it happens to me so many times so well it's not often but i can see the cycles that i go through these things like i start something i, I don't like it I, I go to something else it's a rut i change again i go do something crazy change again that I don't want to do that. And like a certain yeah, point, I'm like, yeah. maybe I'll never be happy. You know what I'm saying? It's so true. I'm not, never I'm not be that, satisfied. that black-pilled. I'm not, I'm not that black-pilled, but even if I do find out, it's like, yeah, I'll never be satisfied. It's like, well, yeah. then I can just keep learning constantly and just keep, you know, riding the tiger of this uh, mm. little cycle. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh... It's interesting. It can be very difficult to find purpose in inside a career when, you know, so Zoomers essentially have this thing where it's very different from boomers, very different from millennials. Millennials and boomers probably won't understand this, maybe younger millennials, but like not only have Zoomers had to essentially deal with their every single day lives, right? Mm. Being online forces you. To, to make decisions about what you think about a bunch of other stuff, just being online in any capacity, right? It forced, it's, it's an exposure to a large amount of information, whether you even listen or not, whether it's true or not. Um, you know, you're forced into it. You're exposed to it. Your brain has to decide what it wants to do with the information it's given. A lot of people give in completely. A lot of people don't believe what they're seeing become hyper-skeptical. Um, a lot of people mm -hmm. kind of just shrug it off and say, I don't really give a, give a crap about anything. I'm going to go about my life. Those are like the more boomer types, cogs in the machine, simple life. And that's good. And that's fine. And you need people like that in society. You need people to maintain society. But what happens when the maintenance of society is not enough? You need society to be moved forward once again in a, in a better direction. Yeah. Or will you ever be satisfied with a simple job and a simple career in a nine to five or, or a seven to three or like personally, I don't wife think and a family. So. I mean, either. And that's why we seek out ventures like this. We seek out ventures like mm -hmm. the podcast. You seek out uh, political effort. You seek out political activism, uh, shit posting is one thing, but shit posting <laughs> is a psyop. So, so, so true. I know we're talking about a rut right now, but shitposting is absolutely a psyop. You can absolutely shitpost in your free time, but it should not be the only mm -hmm. thing you're doing to advance, um, to advance <laughs> a specific political belief. You can't just be shitposting. Okay, it's not enough. 
you have to be doing other things and shit posting, right? Yeah. It's not this end-all, be-all. You will not find your purpose there. Yeah, it's funny. It's entertaining. It's enjoyable. You know, everyone loves it. It's silly. It's goofy. But be silly and goofy in real life. Be funny. Yeah. Push the envelope with your friends. Push the envelope with your family. Yeah, maybe you'll find new friends in real life. Yeah, be be a silly and goofy fellow. Just enjoy the world. Enjoy the uh, clown. Twenty twenty two is the year of the goofball. It is the year it's, of the rap scallion. It's time to be goofy. It's the year of the scallywag. It's the year of the. <laughs> You're the ne'er do well. We, the ne'er do well. We engage in a little bit of tomfoolery. Yes, yeah, some predicaments, some some rapscallionism, some uh, some buffoonery. We engage in uh, <laughs> soirees and, and shindigs. We are not sticking to parties. We are being obnoxious and rambunctious. Uh, <laughs> you know, 2022 is absolutely the year of the clown pilled. It absolutely. is the year for the people who realize life is absolutely meant to be taken seriously in some aspects oh, and in other fuck. aspects. <laughs> in other aspects, it should not be taken seriously whatsoever. It's the year for massive change. It's the year for dark mega. Mm-hmm. It's the year. For... <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I saw that on someone sent me a tweet today. I'm like, what is dark mega? I don't want to know. I saw that. You heard it here first. Just, you know, it's very <laughs> silly and very goofy. Just be, but it's okay. Let it be yeah, silly. Let it be goofy. Um, it's not the end of the world. You just have to laugh at this stuff. Even if man. the world is going to end, what do you gain by not laughing about it? <laughs> exactly. Send, send in the clowns. Do me a favor. Send in the clowns. We need the clowns. We need our jokers. We need our mischievous ne'er-do-wells. We need you guys. How do you get out of a rut is is not taking the rut seriously almost and being like, mm-hmm. this is only one point in my life. It's not the end-all be-all of my life. It's not the end-all be-all of my existence. I'm simply here right now. It's a good meditative fact. It's a good fact like of life in general is you are only here right now. In the future, you'll be somewhere else. And in the past, you definitely mm-hmm. were somewhere else. So look to the past to see where you've come from. Uh, look to the present to see where you are and look to the future to see where you could be going. So again, it's you, it's yeah, lived you out potential. Yeah. And your options change over time and you grow and you change yeah. as a person, which changes your option. Um, yeah. It, people worry about like the way their past and now affects their options, but there's obviously no point in ever worrying about that. Like just look at what's in front of you and then make that decision, you know, and try to look a little bit further ahead so you have more favorable options in the future, but all you can do is like really focus on the present. Like, what can I actually do right now? And I, yeah, I just want to say yeah. the the psyoping thing, the the shit posting. It's so true. Like, you're literally programming, or you're being programmed. Yeah. There's no, there's no way around it. So no. And and you have to get outside goofy, of the silly guy. You have to get outside yeah. of the programming. Um. <laughs> Only, only shitposting all day is exactly what they want you to do. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Do it once in a while in your spare time when you've worked I mean, out that day. You could be day. in a rut shitposting all day. You could be stuck in a rut and that's all you do. Yeah, it's like we're not – this, this podcast is for people who do not want to be neats. Uh, if you're very comfortable no. being a neat, like I'm sorry to hear that. I think there's something wrong with you. 
I think you need to change. And not in a negative way, not in an evil way, but genuinely like you need to mm-hmm. find the thing within yourself that sets you apart from others and, and follow it like wholeheartedly. Even if it is a very online position, even if it is a very uh, niche market, you know, do the thing that you think will bring you the most um, purposeful existence, right? Do the thing that sets your soul on fire. Um, mm. And I think that finds us with a poem that Nordic here yes. really enjoys. I love this poem. So this What's is the title? Uh, one of my favorite, favorite poems of all time. I actually don't even know the title. Okay, my favorite fine. poem of all time, by the way. Where'd you Where'd you hear it first originally? Oh, man. I want to say, like, just on just some post I saw it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I really love that. And then I, I kind of forgot about it. And it... <laughs> Okay, this is gonna sound weird, but like, I was journaling at one point, and then I just like wrote out one of the lines of this poem without yeah. even realizing that that's what it was from. And then, um, I was like, "Yo, that sounds so good." And then I looked it up after when I actually saw it, a meme <laughs> that kind of paraphrased the line of this. So basically, mm-hmm. the meme was. In the depths of it's over, I found within myself an invincible. We are back. <laughs> it very much resonated with me, and then I it's like so kind of remembered that I uh, found this poem. So it's by I don't even know if it's a poem. It might just be like a an excerpt from his writing, but it's by Albert Camus, the uh, French philosopher. So he says, "In the midst of hate, I found there was within me an invincible love." In the midst of tears, I found there was within me an invincible smile. In the midst of chaos, I found there was within me an invincible calm. I realized through it all that in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. And that makes me happy. For it says that no matter how hard the world pushes against me, within me there is something stronger, something better, pushing right back. Absolutely. Absolutely what inspiring. It, what does that poem, what does that mean to you? Like, there's a lot to dissect in that poem. Like, we're, we, we're literally mm. going to do our literary analysis right now. <laughs> there's a lot to dissect in that poem. There's a very specific language, right? So you, you start, you really break down for me how that speaks to you and potentially your character. Yeah, so midst of winter, this is like the seasonal depression, right? He says in the mid, mm-hmm. he finds in, in the midst of winter, there's an invincible summer. So the summer is like the return of, of light. Um, and you can see this in, uh, just in psychology, we know that at every winter, people get depressed because the sun goes away, the days get mm-hmm. shorter, it's dreary, the weather sucks. Um, and then as the summer returns, the sun comes out, you know, you have spring, you have this rebirth, this, this uh, outflow of life um, and happiness, which is just a bit of symbolism there. But basically, mm-hmm. like what it means to me is that no matter how dark the winter gets, no matter how like dark the night gets, something that always happens, the sun always returns, right? Mm-hmm. The summer always returns. It's something you can count on. It's something that's like, just programmed into nature that it's always going to happen so if you say within yourself that there's always 
an invincible summer mm-hmm. to coming back, coming back from the midst of winter. Um, and like he says, no matter how hard the world pushes against me, there's something stronger, something better within me that's pushing back against it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's, uh, you know, that's the fundamental stuff right there. Like when you, anytime I've ever felt depressed, I just think um, this amount of sadness that I feel actually makes me feel alive because there is so much um, range to the human emotion. So if I'm able to feel this level of sadness, I usually come back, and maybe this is like some kind of mental illness, but like the next day I'll feel insanely happy, like the next level of happy, like that's like catharsis. I'll be insanely motivated the next day if I if I'm ever yeah. um, like feeling depressed one day. The next day I'll be like up super high. <laughs> I think Zoomers. I don't think it's mental illness. I think I'm just like uh, built different. But I think Zoomers' emotional regulation just be like totally fucked. But that's a story for another day. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give my little literary, yeah, later. I'm going to give my little literary analysis on this nice little poem by Mr. Albert Camus here. So I think there's a lot of things to really dissect here. Uh, You know, in the midst of hate, I found there was within me an invincible love. So like just there alone is like so much, so much to impact there. The duality of man, right? You know, Mm -hmm. the existence of one thing, being part of one thing, but being from another thing, Um, you know, a source within you that's that doesn't die out. The idea of invincibility and immortality, right? Um, Hatred, love, like these strong feelings that are against and for one another. Uh, That comparison of like dark and light, you know, in the midst of hate, in the midst of the darkness, I am the light. There's light within me. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the midst of winter, the midst of the cold, the midst of the dark. When you're in the dark, when you're in the cold, it's like it's hard to see the light except when you turn inward a lot of the time. So, you know, what the heck does that mean? Like there's a lot. There's just a lot there, man. There's so much symbolism. It's so rich. It's poetry that's so rich. The narrative story. Oh, it's awesome. It's like a – Okay, well, one thing I do want to mention, um, it's like – he says within myself, right? Within me, mm-hmm. there's invincible uh, love, invincible calm. And like as I said, like the sun always returns, like every night, um, every morning, the sun returns after the night. Every summer, um, you know, life returns after the winter. This is like fundamentally built into the universe mm-hmm. by God, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's my opinion but obviously and a human being is a microcosm for you know the universe because a human being is heaven and earth it's the the mind and the body so the fact that within the earth um the cosm of the earth you have the sun always returning you know that within yourself since you're just a a micro version of that Mm -hmm. every time you're depressed you know that the sun is going to return well you can you know that happiness you can know because you know that you are the same you're from the same sources i think real depression is like when you can't know that but like sadness and like being in a rut and being unmotivated is like 
you know there's something there, but right now you're in the darkness and like that's fine. I think mm-hmm. I know we're talking about ruts, but like at the end of the day, a lot of people are genuinely depressed and they just have periods a rut of can happiness. Make you depressed. And a rut can make you depressed. A rut can make you think as if there's no hope and there's no coming out of this mm-hmm. and it's so over and like it's not over unless you choose it to be right it's there's something weird about like uh, i heard something about the idea of prayer recently where it's like when you ask god for something that he absolutely wants for you and and he knows you need act as if it's already done you Mm. act as if literally he's already done it for you right um so something like that would be like oh god i'm actually feeling pretty bad right now like take away this pain take away this feeling of like uh morose and melancholy and he will do it if he knows you need it Mm -hmm. he will do it like right away um i think something else about this poem too is is like the almost like the beatitudious nature um the idea of like you being better than what the world throws at you uh for the Mm -hmm. simply for the sake of the fact that like you are loved and you can love others you know there's something very powerful to that there's something very powerful when he says, you know, no matter how hard the world pushes against me, there's something stronger, something better pushing right back. And it's almost like it's our duty. I think he implies it is your duty to like find that. Mm-hmm. It, the fact that it's in within him means there's a potential for it to, to be in us all, right? Because we're all human and we can all share a very similar experience, obviously in different circumstances, but a similar experience nonetheless. Uh, we experience mm-hmm. pain, suffering, joy like everyone else does. But how do we find that thing inside of us that's so much better is, you know, that I think comes from looking to the past uh, and finding value where you thought you didn't Mm -hmm. have any. So that's always a good structure. I think with journaling, I think I'm going to add into my progress of like one good thing that I know I've done in the past, because I think to boot, to make me remember my own value and to be grateful for the position I'm in today, uh, regardless of what it is. I think gratitude mm. and truth um, and self-respect are like these things that I personally need to work on. I think a lot of guys may realize like, oh, I actually have value. I'm just not realizing it. I'm not actualizing it. I have potential, but I'm not actualizing it. A lot of people get overwhelmed with potential and that can put them in a rut. Oh, I have so many options. It's like, yeah, you can have a lot of roads, but at the end of the day, you'll have one final like final pathway, one final destination. So aim uh, we've talked about this like multiple times, but aim at that final point, aim at that final destination and the road will pave itself for you. Mm-hmm. The road will be paved as you walk it in a weird way. Like, again, we are in the present. We're paving the future as we speak. The past, the past has already occurred. You can look backwards, but you cannot move backwards. You should look backwards so you can learn for the future. Really. The point of history and the point of the narratives and the point of anything that teaches you something is so that in the future you can make a better choice. You can make a better decision. You can learn from the mistakes of others. And that's like wisdom, right? Knowledge is like, you know, learning from your own mistakes. Sure. But like wisdom, wisdom is learning from others mistake and very, I don't even have that yet. I'm very stubborn. I want to learn from my own mistakes. I go, well, I might know better. So I'm going to do it. And it's like, why yeah. am I so fucking stupid? Why am I so yeah, I arrogant? Like everybody does that. It's such an egotistical thing uh, it's like, to think why didn't I that just you know better. When they said that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what? 
is happening. Why do I not choose to learn from others older and wiser than me? And I think that's where the idea of like respecting your elders comes from is because they've gone through a lot of the same crap you have, even though it's in different circumstances. So they understand the plight of difficulty and suffering, uh, regardless if it's exactly the same as yours. There's some absolutes in the ideas of difficulty and suffering and what people tend to suffer from. So some people understand it better than you and you should listen to them. I think a lot of Zoomers nowadays don't respect authority because authority really doesn't have much to offer them. But but the reality is the elderly do and the mm. people older than us do. Regardless of the authority being quality, the humans ha- are decent still. The humans that you may know may be decent and there's no reason not to listen to them. There's no reason not to try to get to know your grandparents or even your parents a bit better and understand their difficulties when they were children and say, oh, I have the same, you know, like there's tenets. There's these tenets that just continue on in life, you know, the feeling of belonging to a group, uh, friends, you know, a career, money, relationships, like those things happen to every human in one way or another. Uh, just because you're a Zoomer yeah, and you're the internet doesn't mean you don't suffer the same heartbreak that your dad or mom may have suffered when their high school sweetheart broke up with them or they broke like, or they broke up with their high school sweetheart. It doesn't like change. It's, it's one of these things that's like inalienable over time. Suffering changes person to person, yes, but the suffering itself remains and it remains in a cyclical pattern. Mm. And understanding that, is understanding like humanity itself. It's understanding yourself as well, because you realize, well, you're in a rut right now, but before you weren't. And after this, you won't be. So you kind of like enjoy, almost like enjoy the rut. It's here for a reason. You know, it's happened before for reasons, and it's probably going to happen again for some reason. Uh, I think one of the biggest things people think of when we talk about ruts, is like a midlife crisis. Everyone hears that word all the time. Midlife crisis. What does a mid life crisis mean what does it really mean a lot mean? of people don't think about the the quarter life crisis too like there's also um, well that's a zoomer crisis thing. that happens yeah it's that's like a zoomer thing because we have so much five but that's because that's like more recent because we have so much crap going on um yeah. or like you are at a stepping stone into life where you're like well what can my future be like what's this like what should i do now xyz and it's like um there's really no rush in a weird way like you shouldn't be in a rush to, to know exactly what you're going to do with your life. You should kind of just do it and do something that's worthwhile as you like, as you're doing it, you shouldn't think, Oh, is this worthwhile? No, no, no. I know what is worthwhile. That's what I'm going to pursue and then pursue it to its fullest extent. And don't deny yourself of that uh, reality, which I think people tend to do, you know, but again, back to this midlife crisis thing, which again, we can talk about quarter life crisis, but I think that's a different story. I think the idea of midlife mm-hmm. crisis is they didn't have much options. People kind of said, well, this is the career I'm going to pick. I know it makes good money. I'm going to go to university. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. Cookie cutter, cookie cutter, cookie cutter, cutter life where everyone was kind of doing the exact same thing, which isn't necessarily bad. But the problem is it's bad if it wasn't of your own volition. That's when it gets bad. And these midlife crises mm-hmm. probably come from people who were like, did I even want my life to go this way? And maybe they hadn't thought about it before. And it can cause a, potentially a lot of problems. I haven't heard much about it lately. I really haven't. Maybe it's changed. Maybe it's become the quarter life crisis and people kind of stabilize it more early or not. Who knows? 
But I just know the term over the hill, right? Being over 40 was when your life starts going downhill. And it's like, well, that mentality automatically will put your life in a downward spiral. Yeah, if you assume that's going to happen, then yeah, it will happen. Yeah, like I get it. Your body goes, your mind goes, but like your soul doesn't stop growing. I think in those, those peak, there's something about people who are elderly, who are still very miserable where you know they've been mm-hmm. miserable their whole life and they've just gotten more miserable. And there's people who are overjoyed to exist at their age. Mm-hmm. They're, they're overfilled with joy. Love flows out of every inch of them. They're almost saint-like. You see this in like the elderly grandmas who pray all the time and like love their grandkids with all their heart. Spoil them probably mm-hmm. a little too much, right? But it's because they love them so much. They want to give every last ounce of their being back to the people that they've helped to produce right and that's like that's an ideal almost that's something you should look forward to being the grandfather who's silly and goofy but he's more than happy to take his grandson and granddaughters out fishing and hunting and playing sports and even if he can't move as quickly as them he knows a thing or two uh you know he can still trick them and mess with them and have enough just enough energy to keep them going and you know the wisdom really comes out in that old age it's a beautiful thing to look at um i'm really i'm not going to rush it obviously but i'm really looking yeah, forward I'm to really the tearing life. up i love i love grandparents so much yeah, it's, it's sweet man it's very be- it's a beautiful it's thing awesome. man when you have good grandparents you kind of get it uh you start yeah. to just get it um if you have bad grandparents i'm, I'm really sorry to hear that because it's it yeah, can be quite too. A detriment to have people who you think would be full of love and hope for the for your future they're kind of just like miserable and angry and like i know how we're talking about ruts i love how we're talking about this when we're talking about ruts and we're talking about like the end of a lifetime but um yeah there's something i think it's important to realize what is a happy death and what is a sad death and it's an oxymoron Because a happy death is a sad death, and a sad death is a happy death. So what do I mean by that? I know you mean that. Good one. So essentially what I mean is it's a happy death when someone who dies and you're extremely sad over it. That's a very happy death. You know why it's a happy death? Because they've been so good. good life. Exactly. They've been so good to you and the people around them. They've been so good to everyone that people will miss them. They love them and they will want to pass on whatever they gave to them to others. Hopefully, you know, that's a happy death. It's a very happy death. That's why I don't cry. I don't cry at funerals for people who've had good lives. And there's a lot of people at the funeral. I cry at funerals where there's no one there. There's no one to mourn this person. There's no one to miss them. There's no one to love them past death. Those are the people I truly mourn for because those people have truly died. And that's a sad death yeah, because it was because a happy really death. Only, um, what's that, care. that saying? It's like a, I think it might be like an old Norse thing. They say it's like you die um, the first time when you actually die and you die the second time, the last time someone utters your name. Yeah, there's also it's a like, Mexican idealism too. Is that a Mexican thing? It's I think like, it's also a Mexican thing. Well, it's just kind of universal culturally, I think, um, or something similar to that. Like once people don't remember you anymore, that's it. But being remembered is a way of living on. 
past your actual death. And I just yeah, want to exactly. say, like, um, about the the grandparents thing, like, I was absolutely blessed um, uh, with grandparents. Like, all my grandparents were very good to me. I can, like, point to specific things um, in all of my grandfathers. And I say all because I actually have three. Um, because my dad's stepdad, like, also was, like, a really important grandfather to me as well. And, um, like, I can see, like, in all of them specific traits that I now have. And, um, yeah, like, they're all great to me. I literally have a picture of each one on my desk, uh, mm -hmm. all three of my grandfathers. And, uh, yeah, that's actually a big part of what motivates me is trying to be um, honorable for them. Because um, I really uh, want to feel connected to the past and also coming into the future. And I really, um, as I liked it when you said that that should be a goal for uh, these younger guys. Like, don't even just think about being a father. Think about how you'll be as a grandfather. Mm -hmm. Think about Look how forward. you'll be at the end of your life. Yeah. I think it's and that's why... Important. For me, like, grandpas are, like, uh, goofy, kind of, and silly, mm. and fun, and knowledgeable. Um, yeah, and, they can and be that's, more than your dad, right? Yeah, they should be, and they should they be in their be own way. Strict... Yeah. No. Like, so true. the way I look at it is I remember my grandfather playing soccer with us and, like, making making stuff with us and wanting us to do things, even though we wouldn't want to. He would try at least, right? Um. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a skill in that to be like to be able to draw in your grandkids to do things that you enjoy and have them enjoy it and be part of the tradition. Like that's a skill. Um, that's what I want for the future. I make a lot of stuff with my grandfather now and I want to keep doing that and I want to do it for my kids and my grandkids. I don't want mm -hmm. it to stop with him. I want it to pass on. It's part of our history. It's part of our future. And that's another way to get out of a rut. Look forward. Look forward to the potentialities of why this is happening to you. Look forward to the potentiality of how will I talk to my grandkids about this rut that I was in in 2022. And that's why you should journal, by the way. If you want another <laughs> yeah. reason to journal, Remember all this stuff. when you're old and your memories are dying, you have these books to be remembered by yourself. And at the end of the day, if you have some sketchy-ass shit that you wrote in those books, well, who cares? <laughs> chances are no one's gonna yeah. read them until you're dead so just write just write the yeah. most embarrassing weirdest thoughts you've ever had in your head and be like my grandpa was kind of crazy but i guess i kind of relate and it's like yeah because humanity yeah. is this dirty dirty gross ugly thing that we make into beauty we create beauty not create i love that i create we don't create anything we produce beauty out of disorder we, we like mold it right we mold beauty shape it Yes, out of chaos. That is order. That is what order is for. So don't think of a rut as this world-ending thing. It's more like, hmm, how can I enjoy this? How can I enjoy this? This is the clown. That's that's the clown pill. <laughs> yeah, the clown it's not black pilled. It's not white pilled. The clown simply laughs when he's high on a cloud. He's laughing. When he's down in the dumps. He's he's laughing and crying. But he's still laughing. Yeah. It's all about being a sad, silly clown. All the time, 100% of the time. Knowing when to take things seriously in, in matter of speech, but in your mind, always be laughing. 
Always be learning. Always be laughing as a sad, silly clown. That's a good motto. It's like uh, it's like Albert Camus said in that poem that we discussed earlier. He's saying he he realizes this, right? He says, I found within me. So it's something that's not obvious that mm-hmm. there's this invincible summer within you. It's you not like immediately. It. Yeah, you have to find it. And that's why the journaling is key. The introspection work is key. You actually have to know yourself well enough to understand what you want. And I like, I'm guilty of like, I've, I've had podcast episodes where I've said like, Hey, this is key. This is important. And I've also neglected the work myself Yeah, and like course. recently have done a lot of it. And that's why um, I want to talk about it because it's like, man, why didn't I do this sooner? It's, it's so important. And then yeah. you'll go from the feeling of being in a rut and just feeling crappy. And then all of a sudden, you know, a couple dozen pages written later and you're like okay i actually understand where i might be going now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. huge huge game changer huge amount of motivation created just because now it's like okay i know where to go yeah and sometimes being in a rut is just you being a massive bitch yeah true yeah and just being afraid of the future uh, because it's unknown and it's scary and Mm -hmm. You're not trusting God, bro. That's what that is. <laughs> it's a very hard thing to do, but it, eventually you get used to it. I know, I know, I know we don't like being religious on this, but it, at the end of the day, you have to trust regardless of your religion. You have to trust that the future will be potentially better than the past. Uh, without that, it's just nihilism, pure mm-hmm. nihilism. Um, and it's just life just sucks when there's no value to it, or at least you don't want to give even a value if, to it. Even if you're not religious, you could just think about it like, okay, that the future is either going to be better or worse than the present. And then if you think you have some control over that, then why don't you try to make it better? Like do whatever you can. Yeah. It's like play the pragmatist, be like, well, okay, well, I don't necessarily believe in God, but if I act as if God exists and I act as if other people should be treated very well, uh, will my mm-hmm. life improve? And the answer tends to be yes. The yeah. answer tends to be, if I treat other people better, will my life be better? Yes. 110%. percent you're just gay, honestly. <laughs> you're just cringe. You're just an idiot. It's like, oh, really? Sorry. You're nihilist. You're just cringe. Hmm. Why don't you commit a sewer slide? Why don't you slide <laughs> down a sewer if you're a nihilist? Yeah. Because you have value. Good. You shouldn't do that. Dog meme is just like, oh, you're a nihilist. Guess you won't mind if I kill you then. (laughs) It's like, like, but you will because you realize your inherent value. Uh, Even like no one want like unless you're very depressed, go seek help because you do have value. Mm. But if you think you don't have value and you're not willing to die for that, well, chances are there you do have value. You realize it's not worth to just give up your life willy nilly. So if you don't have value go seek value. It's somewhere. I don't care how horrible and bad your life has been. I don't care all these horrible things that have happened to you or maybe you've done to other people. You have value. You have potential. The future is as open as you choose it to be, right? And narrow your gaze so that you can go down the path in which you choose, not the path that's chosen, which is chosen for you. Pick a narrow gate and enter with all your might. And I think that's, that's all I can say about 
getting out of a rut is rethink everything, reprioritize anything, keep the good and remove the bad. And that's, that's all I have to say about that. That's great. I just want to say stagnancy is death, but you can be reborn. So you're in a rut, you will burst out of that rut like a, like a phoenix from the ashes. We know what you have what it takes. Mm, you do. There is no such thing as bad weather, only different kinds of good weather. John Ruskin. <laughs>